Yo, 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 Muddy Waters Podcast. This your boy Shaq Sims. And I'm here right now with an all-around boss, entrepreneur, boss lady, uh, head woman in charge, <laughs> CEO of Boss Your Life Up. I mean, she she's an all-around renaissance woman. But just call her boss, you know what I'm saying? Call her boss lady. But um, I appreciate you for coming on the show. Because you're a busy woman. Like, you're doing a lot around the city. You got clothing lines. You got fashion shows. You got, I mean, you're doing everything. Trying to stay busy, trying to stay busy. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only way you're going to have some motion, some real paper going on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do something, something. Yeah, for sure. You're doing it big. I see you, you know what I'm saying? I see you shining. <laughs> you know, all gold, everything. But, um, you know, for the people who don't know you, I mean, your name is buzzing around the city. Everybody knows you. I mean, from your local mom and pops to your celebrities to everybody. Like, for the, but for the people who don't know you, like, tell them where you come from. Well, um... I'm from here, actually. You from here? I just was back and forth from here in New York. Okay. Um, I went to Armo to like 10th, 11th grade, and I was out again. Um, so, growing up, right? I mean, being that you grew up in South Carolina and New York, you know, what did that do for your aspirations? Because, I mean, coming from New York, I'd imagine you were born there, right? No, here. Oh, you were born here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so being a girl from South Carolina, moving up to New York, like, was that a culture shock? You seeing, you coming from... different. You coming from, like, small town feel to big city of dreams. Like, you know, people wearing, I mean, Timberland boots, you know, with baggy jeans down here. Niggas up there is wearing D.V. Simon and, you know, all these different designer clothes, Burberry, Gucci, and all of that stuff. Like, what did that do for your taste at that time? Because, I mean, it seems like a lot of your businesses and your aspirations are driven by fashion. Yeah. So what did that do for your aspirations back then? It actually grew Because I kind of, I, I had the best of both worlds. So it was kind of like, I was one person there and then I was able to be another person here. But... When I used to go there in the summertime and then come back here, it would be totally different. What do you mean by that? You it's could totally be totally different. Like, what do you mean you could be one person there and one person? Because like things that we do down here, they don't do up there. So yeah. if I'm I'm coming from here and going there, and they like, nah, that's country. Like eating hot sausages yeah, and pickled like eggs. Yeah, that's, that's country. <laughs> but then my fa- my father actually lived there. Yeah. And my mom was here. Okay. So it was like he raised me how he wanted to raise me when I was there, but then when I came back here, it was a totally different ball game. So it was like all boy, and you got all girl. Mm. So it was it was different. It was like a perfect match, though. Yeah. Yeah, it prepared you for the world. It did. It prepared you for the world. It did. Saw a lot. Yeah. Did a lot. Did a lot. What part of New York did you live in? Harlem. Oh man, that's why you're so fly. That's where the flyest <laughs> people come from, right, Harlem? That's what that's what I hear. You know, Cameron, <laughs> Jim Jones, all them niggas talk about Harlem. That's where the flies niggas come from, Dame Dash, and all of that stuff. So back then, what were your aspirations as a little girl? Well, back then it was dirt bikes, boxing, um, corner park, basketball, Rucker Park. That was everything that I was introduced to. Yeah. Then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then when I came back, it was boxing here, too, because my mom was, at, was actually pro at the time. So she was fighting and stuff, too. So it was kind of like, you know, I had my... But then I 
transformed as I got older and then I started to chill eat and the dance and the step. So I kind of like took a U-turn. Like, what? I want to be a girl. Now you live two lives for real. Yeah. Wow. So you can beat damn near anybody up. You can damn near beat anybody <laughs> up, man. You know, your hands lethal. Are they, are they, um, are, are your hands registered? Yeah. They were. I haven't got it updated because I haven't been fighting. So. What? How does that work, though? Like, your hands are, because re- I hear niggas say that all the well, time. Like, nigga, my hands registered. You, you're not allowed to fight on the streets or you go to jail. It's kind of like a weapon. Your hands become a gun once you get registered. What? So, if anybody know that and you fight them and they feel like, all right, well, I'm going to tell, then it's over. What? Yeah. So you have to get to a certain point of expertise that to know how to fight to get your hands registered, or anybody can do that. Anybody can do that, but you gotta, you know, you got amateur and you got pro. Yeah. So you start off with amateurs, headgear, pro is no headgear, and it's like all paid. Amateur is no paid, but it's it's different levels. What? That is crazy. You don't even look like you know what I'm saying a boxer. Like, I mean, you can't judge a book by its cover, but I'm just saying. So when did you stop boxing? Mm-hmm. Stop training, I guess. Um, my ninth grade year of high school. Okay. Ninth grade. We started getting your nails done. Yeah, I was a chili in tenth grade. Okay. <laughs> wow. So was it easy to leave that alone? No. It wasn't. I'm still around. Actually, there's a fight tomorrow. Where? At? Jamil Temple. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you involved in the fight or? Wow. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. You that, got your hands in everything. Life. Yeah, that's gonna be for life. That's like family. We all grew up around each other, so. Yeah. That's dope as hell. That's super dope. Now, back then, what did you aspire to do with your life? Like, what was your dream job at that time? Um, I was still into fashion, so the dream for me was being able to work in the mall in the shoe store. So that's what I was doing. Yeah. My first job was at Publix at 15. Then after Publix at 16, I went straight to Foot Locker. Okay. Then after Foot Locker, I went straight to... um. What was it? Detail R. Like, I was always into, like, shoes. Like, everything everything that ever came out, I had it. Every shoe that dropped, I needed it. Every, like, that that was just me. Yeah. So, back then, it was just, like, fashion. Like, that, that was what I was working in. I've been in retail from 15 to 23. Yeah. Wow. Did you ever get the management level? Yeah. I was a key holder and I was assistant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when you started to get into retail... Did it ever grow like back then to maybe I need to sell clothes or maybe I need to design my own clothes? Or was it like, I've arrived. I'm doing what I love. I'm working in a cool store. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. And then I, I've always been the type of person where I, don't, I ain't, if I took a picture in it, I went out in it, I ain't wearing it again. I don't never wear the same thing twice. So it was like, that's when my brain started working. Like, damn, bitch, like, what you going to do? Come up with your own shit. Wear your own shit. Yeah. You're spending all this money. Why not? But yeah. Damn, you was bougie back then like that? <laughs> 15, 16? Shit. Every season, we cleaned out closets and got whole new wardrobes. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, I normal people be like, when the school year over, then you get new stuff. Not yeah. like in between, you was cleaning. What? Yeah. God damn. Your people need to adopt me. <laughs> damn. <laughs> That's dope as hell, though. So, so... When did you actually start getting into designing your own clothes? Um, that was like 2014. Um, Chris had his first, uh, was it the first, uh, what was it? Car show on Briar River Road. Okay. 
right across from um no that wasn't yeah that was it across from um or the second one across from um that gas station in circle k and sonic and i was like yo i was like i think i want to have a clothing line back then it was just like a basic tank top and a t-shirt the shirt was like a turquoise and then the girls no the boy i didn't i didn't even have a boys i only had girls so it was like a turquoise shirt that just said like b-y-l-u and then it was like brush off simple shit that was my first shirt yeah i had a tank top and i had a regular shirt and i was like all right i'm gonna bring it out and i'm gonna sell it at the show and then i started from there and i was like damn i think this is what i want to do how much did you make that day if you can remember i think i i had 20 shirts and i only had like four or five left they went and from there i was like that boosted you i'm already a hustler so i'm like shit nigga what I'm like, this shit. Yeah. yeah so i was like damn so then i started putting shit together sending shit Shout out to Ink Me. That was actually the first company I ever went through to get anything done. That was my first printing company ever. Um, and then I ended up getting pregnant. So I was like, oh, I'm going to chill. Yeah. Focus on my family. Focus on my house. So then I stopped. Damn. Yeah. Took a break. Took yeah. a seat. Yeah. And went back to work in my 9 to 5. But you still got to buy them clothes every season, though. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> once, you know, you get over that new parenting fever, then you like, shit, it's time to get some new shit. Yeah. It's time to hustle again. Get back on my shit. Yeah, so what did being becoming a mother do to your hustle and ambition? I'd imagine that drove you and put you in the overdrive. Overdrive. I was already who I was before the parenting, but when that parenting came... It was a whole nother bracket because I was raised a certain type of way. So in my brain, I'm like, I got to do my child the same way because it's Thanks. right. So I was like, all right, well, I know what I want for her. Yeah. And in order to make that happen, I'm going to have to have more than a nine to five. That nine to five shit is whack. Is. Just living solely off of that. I mean, yeah, it's great to have a nine to five. We all got them. But it's like, damn, this, that damn net pay be a motherfucker. It's like cooking <laughs> spinach. You know how you cook spinach? <laughs> It's like cooking spinach. That shit draw up. Like that shit be trash. Yeah. So, you know, what's your definition of a boss? Cause, I mean, at the end of the day, I talked to many different people who wear many different hats, and I done met niggas at jobs that I done had that said, I mean, even if you got a job, you your own boss because you working for yourself. You know, you working for your own paycheck. You ain't working for these people. But then you got niggas who say if you making your own money independently, then you're a boss. Or other people will say, shit, if you working for yourself, you feeding yourself, everything comes strictly from you, and you ain't got no ties to that's anybody giving you a check. So that's, that's your definition boss. of a boss. That's a boss. But I don't really like the term boss. Yeah. I'm a more of a leader type of person. Okay. Like, boss just seemed like, Real kind of, it depends on how you say it in a sentence, arrogant to me. Like, you know? Yeah. But everybody's definition is different. But I'm big on making sure I'm straight, but I'm definitely big on I need everything around me to be moving too. Yeah. So that's where the leader come in. Like, because at the end of the day, you can't do everything by yourself. Nah. Everybody needs somebody. Mm-hmm. Even if you is a boss, you still need somebody that's, Gonna be that right hand mm-hmm. or somebody that's gonna help you or people around you that's put in a position for different reasons. Or employees. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, yeah. even as an employee, I'm, I might be a boss to the outside world, but I still clock in for somebody else. Yeah. From 730 to 330. So it's just kind of like, uh, yeah. I ain't there yet, mm-hmm. but I'm getting there. Yeah, you're getting there. And I'm sure it's been times where you made more from your businesses than you did with your regular paycheck Absolutely. in the two weeks time. Absolutely. How does that feel? Not even in two weeks' time. Sometimes, shit, two days, three days. How that feel, though? Honestly, the first time you did that, I want to hear about this. Like, it, it makes me want to be like, fuck these fuck motherfuckers. <laughs> like, God damn. I'm to quit. <laughs> then you got to be like, all right, back to reality. Chill out, chill out. Yeah. Because it's just like the dope game. It ain't always sweet. Yeah. Shit going to be dry sometimes. So you got to make sure you got that triple saved up before you can actually move and do anything. Facts. So it's like, yeah, you on your high horse right now, nigga, but everybody ain't got money flowing in 24-7. So it's like, you got to move smart. Mm-hmm. Now, talk about that first time when you made more than your actual paycheck, right? Like, what was the situation? What was the product that you were selling? Or what was the endeavor that you were chasing at that time that brought you that type of money in? Them sweatsuits. The sweatsuits? Them sweatsuits. Matter of fact, I just had a memory from last year. I shipped out 30 in a day. 30. 30. You went to work bougie as a motherfucker. You went to work bougie the next day, ain't it? And I'm like, like so it's, it's like, even when it's dry, even when you have times where you feel like, man, I don't want to do this shit. Yeah. You got to think about the times where like, I can do this shit. Like, yeah. It's just time to regroup. What you, what you did back then that you ain't doing now. Yeah. You direct self. Mm-hmm. But, 30 sweatsuits in one day. God damn. How did that feel? Like, I know that felt crazy. Like, because, I mean, the idea that you have in your mind, right? You always, you'll never start a project if you don't think you can get paid from it or you don't think it's going to become successful. But to actually have it become successful, what does that do to you mentally? Does it, because some people in those situations can get lax, like, you know what? I done made my bread. I done got what I need. I'm chilling. And then you got motherfucker that's like, well, if I can sell 30, well, I might be able to sell 60 next week. I'm that motherfucker. You that motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can't get complacent. I, I don't like being comfortable. Yeah. I'm, I'm always like, all right, I did that. Let me top it. What can I do to top it? What yeah. can I do to make it better than it was before? Just like when we was talking before, it's just kind of like, all right, well, now I'm on show four. Yeah. What I'm gonna do different. Yeah. It's like it's it's always a level up from where you started. Like what what can I do now? Yeah. But do you ever sit back and be like and just like, you know, reflect on your past and your present and compare the two and be like, damn, look how far I've come. Do you do that? How often do you do that? Every day. You I'm do still it battling with the old me. I'm talking to well, of course we all are, you know. <laughs> and that's a good thing though. That's a good thing that you're battling with the old you, because I mean you're growing. But I'm talking about where you started at as far as like your business aspirations oh, and stuff like that. Two t shirts. Two t shirts. No mean t shirts. Just regular basic shit. You just it was just B Y L U. Like and on the back it just say like I said that it was like B Y L U and then a brush off simple shit. Like it was like to me when I look at that, I'm like what the fuck was you doing? It was a start, but that ain't it. Mm-hmm. The more I became from 2016 to 2019, it's 2016 when I started again. We in 2019 now. I've seen and I've been in places. I've been in rooms with different people. I've seen different outlooks of how people look at things. And for it to be global and not just your audience, 
you got to think bigger than the. You can't. I can't give you a shirt that say brush off simple shit and you take it and wear it to work. Everybody don't dress down there on Friday. You can't wear that. No, getting fired. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> so it's like it was growth. Mm-hmm. I went from putting stupid shit on. Well, it wasn't stupid to me because I felt like that's what I that's what I lived off of. Brush off some shit. I don't be pressed about you know mm-hmm. certain shit so put it on a shirt and that's where you were at the time yeah that's where you were at the time i mean you know that was probably something that you came up with probably because of a situation that happened or whatever or you probably was just like you know what i feel like a boss today i could put boss on a shirt but i gotta come up with something catchier than that so that was your definition of boss at the time you know what i'm saying so that's where you were at that time so it wasn't stupid it's just where you were at that time and yo and i'm sure if you had to break down acronyms for boss, it would probably be totally different now than it was back then. You probably got so many different other acronyms for B-O-S-S. It'd be crazy. You know what I'm saying? So you grew a lot in that time. Definitely. So what advice do you have for women, especially that want to become bosses, that want to follow in your footsteps? What advice do you have? Make sure you have a passion for what you're doing and not just doing it because it's something to do. A lot of people jump and do stuff because they feel like, oh, well, it's working for this person. So let me go ahead and try it, too. Mm-hmm. And then you a year or two in and you, everybody like, well, what happened? What happened was you didn't sit down and you didn't think it out and say, what is it that I really want to do? Is this something that I have a passion for? Because with no passion, there's no product. With no passion, there's no, there's no nothing with no passion. Mm-hmm. Because eventually it's just like a job. You liked it at first because the money was good. But is that what you really want to do? No. So my advice is whatever you do, make sure you stay consistent. Make sure you stay focused. Make sure it's your passion. And make sure you're willing to put in the work. But also, you got to stay out your feelings. Mm. got to stay out your feelings. And is that hard being a woman? Staying out your feelings? Depending on how you was raised or what type of woman you are. You was beating niggas up in in Harlem with boots on, so it's it's different. (laughs) You know, it's different. (laughs) It's not hard. It's not hard. It's just depending on who you are as a person. (laughs) Everybody was raised different. Everybody different. Everybody not the same. Mm -hmm. And everybody handled things differently. If I'm ever in my feelings, I'm going to push my hustle. I don't do the internet. It drives you. Yeah, that that's that's going that's gonna gas me. You hear that, Chris? Make her mad. Y'all gonna make some millions. Piss <laughs> 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 off on purpose. <laughs> on New Year's Eve, like at eleven fifty nine, let her bring in the new year mad because you like you said, that drives you. You know they say how you bring in the new year, that'll just be how you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> But nah, you were saying stay out your feelings though. That, but you know what? They always say you can't mix feelings with business. business. And then it's like some people say it's never it's 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 never personal. But how you make your money is always personal. Facts. Especially when a nigga playing with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot of that. Yeah. So it's just kind of like you just gotta know how to maneuver around it. Yeah. You ever wanted to put the gloves on with a motherfucker, like, in business? Like, because I'd imagine, you know, you're dealing with, because, I mean, in your, the, the things that you do, I mean, you got fashion shows, and we're going to get into the fashion shows, because that shit is dope, but you're dealing with your fashion shows, right? You got to book venues, you got to deal with vendors, you got to deal with artist managers, you got to deal with clothing. I mean, you got to deal with all of these different people. 
Then you got a clothing line. You got to deal with motherfuckers trying to play with your money, cash out. You probably got niggas who want to dispute charges but still want you to send them the shit. Like, all type of stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you not get your feelings wrapped up into it? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's easy to say that you won't, but we human at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, th- and things happen, and we slip. So how do you draw yourself back and say, you know what? Let me just keep moving forward. I might end up taking the L in this situation, but I still need to just move forward. Fuck it. Keep pushing. To the outside world, that's all you're going to see. I'm going to pop my shit in private. Yeah. Oh, I let it out. It's just never known. Mm. I, I have self-control. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm feeling some type of way or something, you know, touch the nerve, because at the end of the day, I still, I'm still who I am. Like I said, I'm still working on me. Yeah. But I I also have the mindset like it could be a thousand motherfuckers trying to railroad me or make me be a certain type of person that I ain't. But in my brain, I'm so confident in who I am. You you can't stop shit I got going on if that's what's meant for me. Mm. So it's just like, all right, cool. But at the end of the day, the numbers gonna still be what it is. I I can't put energy into something that's not gonna bring me profit. So the more time you put into trying to figure out, okay, well, how I'm going to address this situation, I'm not going to address it. Mm. I address my situations with my success. Yeah. Damn. Wow. What did you do to get to that point? Because that's a level of zen a lot of motherfuckers ain't got. Did you take a lot of L's and realize, you know what, I got to change. Like, my I got to do shit different. Huh? My child. Your child. Got something more to live for. And I got a daughter. I don't have a son, so uh, it's just kind of like got to lead by example. Got to lead by example. I don't. I don't want her being like me. I was in and out of school, suspended, up for expulsion, dropped out, got a GED. Nobody ever thought I was gonna be who I am today, but I'm here. Don't say that though. That's don't say you don't want her to be like you though. I, not, not that part. Not that part. But so that I have part. To show you who I, I. I'm always gonna tell her who I was. Yeah. I'm old enough. Yeah. But that's not something she need to. Worry about that. She not. Yeah. She so not going like, to do that. So the example that I leave now is the way that I want you to be when you get to where I'm at, where, when she get older. But I don't want that side exposed. Because, you know, like, come on, man. I mean, we all grown. You got people who probably, I got people I went to school with who probably going to grow up with her and be like, yo, your mama used to be crazy. Like, you was crazy? I can't believe it. You was crazy back in the day? I mean, depending on who telling the story. I don't think so. You need to I find just, your MySpace. That's what's going to tell it all. <laughs> find your MySpace. <laughs> Hey, anybody out there who can find her MySpace, please send it to me. I got to see it. <laughs> you used to be fighting in the club and stuff, like National Guard Key House and stuff? Never went to the club. Never? Okay, so. My shit was based strictly school. So we're going to derail a little bit. Like, what type of trouble were you getting into? Because you say you didn't go to the club. That's where a lot of shit happened at. So you were strictly a school menace, like going to school fucking shit up. You were just fighting in school. Was it just fighting or was it just being an all-around just bad kid? I just felt like, it. you know how when certain kids have everything, you, you become a target. Like, ah, oh, that bitch thinks she got that. She got this, she got that. Every time I turn around, she got this, she got that. And then back then, high school was high school. So when you're dating a certain type of somebody and then you got this certain type of reputation and you pop on, then there comes hate and beef. Mm-hmm. 
And with my mindset, I'm here during the school year, but I'm in New York in the summertime. And I got my daddy in one end, my mother in my other end. My mother like, nah, leave it alone. They got my daddy like, fuck him up. Mm. Deal with it later. Damn. I had two different upbringings. I yeah. had a mellow, and then I had a, I'll bail you out. Damn. So you had a real New York daddy. Oh, for sure. Oh, man. Oh, sure. That nigga used to wear Timberlands with one pant leg rolled up and shit. To this day? Mm-hmm. God damn. Yeah, he's a real New York nigga. He taught you how to box. Well, both or he of put them. you into it. Like, he got you she into did, it. She did, but that was right up his alley. Because to him, I'm not his daughter. He called me his little nigga. So that's how he treated me growing up. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. That's wild. He was mad when the chick leading and dancing and stuff. He, he was, was mad? Yeah. He, was he didn't mad. want you to be a girl here? Did he, did, do you have any brothers? Did he want a son? I had or? a brother, but he, he was down here. Oh. And he got, I got another sister that he, he lived with. Well, my sister grew up with my daddy. I didn't grow up with my daddy. Mm-hmm. They was in the same household. But I was the first born. I'm the first born, first grand, first everything. So it's just kind of like, you the one. Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. So whether you was a boy or a girl, he was. That's my little nigga, regardless, because you was firstborn. Mm-hmm. Hold a special place in his heart. I can see that. So, how did you get into the fashion shows? Because that's different. I mean, I've <laughs> never, I've never seen, I've seen little fashion shows, but I've never seen people like do it on the scale that you've done it on. Like, as far as bringing the whole city out, bringing different artists to perform. Shit being on the radio. I mean, motherfucker talking about the fashion show everywhere you go. That was lit. What drove you to do that? Like, what was the inspiration behind that? Um, My first show was actually with Marquez. Okay. Barbara. Okay. Um, And Lindbergh. They actually introduced me to my first show. I did my first show with them at, um, what's that place on Pharaoh that everybody used to party at? You know the first one back. No, that was the second one. Well, That's young boss in the background. Well, Jamil Temp, they I did my first fashion show with them. And then I was like, damn, I could do this. So I was like, shit, fuck it, run it. I want to have a fashion show. Yeah. So that was my first one was at Salute Shows. Was that 2017? Yeah, 2017, Salute Shows. I think I had my first show, it's like 25 vendors, um, six designers and maybe like 200 people shit so the second show boom now do you charge for tickets already interrupt do you charge for tickets to get in i had tickets i had vip vip was sold out um i had tickets (coughs) um (coughs) and i charged for the designers to have they they had their fee and then six people they could bring to walk um, and in 2018 was the shows again. I outgrew the shows by then. I was I sold out. It was people in the inside and people in the lobby. Like there was no room for nothing. Like I think I had 20 something, 20 VIP tables, six people per table. Um, I sold. I asked the tickets and I had participation. I had over 100 people participating. But also you got to think about it. Anybody participating is also paying. Mm. So it's just kind of like you got them people and you got people coming in. But I, when I do it, I try to get people from all over because it's kind of like that's how you grow your buzz. Mm-hmm. All so sides. anytime I got a show, 
I'm everywhere. I'm never I'm never home. I'm everywhere. Because you can't expect people to show you love if you ain't showing nobody else love. Right. So it's just kinda like she off of the strength being me. Yeah, I work full time. Yeah, I got a job. Yeah, I got a family. But at the same time, like, I also like to show love. Like, so if anybody was having anything, I was there. Like, or if I if I couldn't make it, I still bought a ticket. Mm-hmm. My presence not there, but the money there. Like, all right, I, I couldn't do it. Here you go. So better than me. <laughs> not buying a motherfucking thing if I ain't going. Yeah, so it's just kind of like <laughs> you think like that. Fuck that. <laughs> This podcast ain't paid me shit yet. <laughs> Fuck you niggas. Now nah, I'm just playing. But now nah, that's real shit though. That's yeah. real shit though. So For real. After that, I was like, 2018, the storm came. I remember that. So my shit got pushed back. It got delayed. Mm-hmm. So it went from September to December. And that shit stressed me the fuck out because I was like, damn, I got all this participation. This is my second show. What the fuck I'm going to do? Right. So, not knowing, so I had to put out a, you know, a letter, let them know, like, hey, it's beyond my control, so the show's not opening up, it's closed, we got that big storm, and a lot of my, a lot of my um, supporters are from the low country, so they got hit, so I'm mm. like, I can't be selfish and still try to, you know, let stuff go on, knowing people got issues, flooding and stuff like that, mm-hmm. so I pushed it back to December, that shit made the participation grow bigger than it was gonna be in Damn. September. Yeah. So it was kinda like good time and got everything happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. At that point in December, once the ticket started selling and I seen the participation, I finally realized I outgrew some of the shows. I can't get no more than two or three hundred people in there. I can't use this building no more. Yeah. So I booked I'm I'm a I'm an advanced person. I booked Jamil Temple before my show in December. So before mm-hmm. I even had my show, I had already had my date booked for this year. Mm. Damn. Yeah. So you knew it was gonna be that big of an outcome. Yeah, you knew you know, it. Cause I keep I keep tabs of you know what's coming in and what's going out. So yeah. I, I knew like this ain't gonna work. Yeah. So Jamil Temple came this year, so I'm like, damn, what I'm gonna do? Make it different. Oh, but in between that, I did Fashion Week, June 26th through the 30th. Here? It was a week event, yeah. Word. Here. I missed I did fashion for five days. I wasn't here, so. Andrew, it's not. It was yeah. me and two other people. Um, and I was on um, WLTX. Um, where else was I? Um, we was like all over the place. So in between planning a, planning a show, I was planning a week-long event. So it was just kind of like I was always staying busy. So in between that, I'm shaking hands, I'm talking to people, I'm seeing people. So by the time... <clears throat> October came for this show this year. It was like I don't moved around in so many circles. I know for a fact from my footwork that she's gonna be what it need to be. Bigger building. I mean, Jamil Temple hold that can hold like a thousand people, like over a thousand people. So I was like, damn. Then my cousin Sylvia is over the radio, mm-hmm. so she was like, yo, what you think about you know radio play? I'm like, ah. That's smart. Lit. So I'm like, shit, artist talking to Chris. Chris like, shit, get everybody that got a buzz. Snatch them up. Fuck it. Fuck it. So I'm like, all right, bet. So yeah. that's when we got everybody who was in the show. So then I'm like, oh, shit, well, Sylvia, what you think about fuck me being on the radio? The artist, the local artist, because at the end of the day, 
they people gonna come out and see yeah, like just we, to see them perform. Even if they ain't fucking with the fashion show, they gonna come see them perform. Right. And it's like shit, we all one, we all from the same city. Mm-hmm. So if that's that opening, make sure you take care of everybody else too. It ain't about it ain't, it ain't all about self. Mm-hmm. But I mean, from the outside looking at everybody got different views. Mm-hmm. But to me, that was major. Like facts, that was because a lot of them never been on the radio. Mm-hmm. So it's just like like that whole experience was like lit to me. Like damn, like this shit really happening and like. The buzz just grew so after that radio, the buzz grew even bigger. Then Jamil Temple put it up on the billboard. So now you got people riding by on the interstate, and all you see is like lion-hearted fashion show. October. Did you have to pay them to do that, or they just? What you think made them do that? You think it was they heard the radio buzz? Did, did that shit surprise the hell out of you? Like, how did you find out about that? Somebody called me and it was like, "Bitch, you seen the billboard?" I was like, "No." And it was like, look. <coughs> I was like, Chris, go ride by. And then he was like, it's up there. And then my best friend called and she was like, bitch, I'm about to take a picture. So at this point, it was all over the place. Then so I was like, shit, it's up for real now. Like, uh, it's we, super up. It's up. Yeah. And then the night of the show, like, I was everywhere. Like, it was somebody of everybody in there. It was anybody you could think of in Columbia was at that show. And then the, the good thing about it is it was Every set in Columbia that was at the show, mm-hmm. nobody acts stupid. Right. Everybody came to have a good time. Mm-hmm. By the time the night it over, I, if I'm lying, I'm flying from ticket sales to head count. It was at least five to six hundred people in there. Yeah. Shit. Now at an event like that that you having, are you able to enjoy it? I definitely did. It's I always hear that. Towards like, the end, towards the end, you know, I turned up a little bit, but I'm so self-efficient like i like it's a sad thing and it's a good thing because at some point you gotta you need help i don't like help so it's like if i feel like something shit at the show i had people who was supposed to be putting bottles and shit on the table if i feel like something i was putting bottles on the table i was putting the ice on the table i was putting it like i was everywhere i was in the back i was in the front i was putting the vip shit out bringing bottles to the bartender like I, shit, even from the setup, those three, 20, was it 25 VIP tables were sold, six chairs per table. That setup, I had like three or four people. I set that whole building up with the help of maybe six to seven people, but I didn't hire nobody. I just did it. Like, I'm so self-driven to like, it's kind of, if I want something done the right way, I got to do it myself. Yeah. I got to. And that's going to take you a long way though. And that's how you've gotten as far as you have. Thinking ahead. Being self-sufficient. I mean, and knowing what you want and being able to execute <laughs> it. <clears throat> Definitely. That's super dope. Congratulations. Thank you. That's really dope. Now, you told me you have one fashion show left. Why are you ending the fashion show series? I think that shit is just innovative, and I feel like it could just keep growing. And it's um, just super And I ain't get to go to one yet. But you I'm going to, to the, the last one. one. Yeah, the last one. You got to come to the finale. I just feel like when you have fashion shows as big as those... It takes away from branding. Mm. So to me, I feel like I've done enough. It's time to pass the torch. Like I, I did what I did, and it was what it was, and it was successful. Mm-hmm. So now it's just kind of like my mind frame has changed. Like, don't get me wrong, I like doing fashion shows, but I also have February of last year. I took a trip to a manufacturer because in my eyes, I don't want to be a clothing line. I want to be designer now. I'm, I'm thinking bigger. So in order for me to think to think bigger, I have to move differently. 
So I have to take my focus off of fashion shows and get back focused on my brand. Mm. So 2020, I'm in the process of making those steps to focus on my brand, but I'm also going to, you know, get right for that last show. Mm -hmm. But it, it takes a lot to run a show like that. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you got to have a solid foundation over here before you can finish doing what you're doing over here. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be that person where I'm all over the place and I'm skipping like, oh, well. And then it's like, people are like, why you don't have a store? You want a store? Why you don't have a store yet? I'm not in no rush. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Right. That's that's not my move. Mm -hmm. You have to be, when everything is handcrafted and made by my Asian, then that's when I'll get a store. Yeah. I don't want to keep putting stuff that anybody can get in the store or keep selling stuff to anybody. Like, my mindset and my mind frame has changed in between these five years. I want different. I want better. I want better quality. I want I want better stuff. I want to be able to sell something and be like, nobody else ain't got that. That shit exclusive. Mm. So, it's like, in order for me to do that, I got to get fully focused. I can't be fully focused if I got over... 200 participants over here I'm dealing with and then I got to deal with everybody else who want to be a part of the show. You got to, like, that's over five to 600 people I'm in direct contact with. I can't do what I need to do up here. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a lot. I mean, every day leading up to the show, you're deal, dealing with something that got to do with the show. And then on the back end, I'm still working a nine to five. Facts. Do you, what, do you ever get time to rest? No. I get, you I don't get, pick one day? So you just always working around the clock. Damn. So what do you do to unwind? I don't think I really. Uh, you shot. I do that. You do. But damn. But I've become more of an online shopper because I don't like being around a lot of. I don't like crowds. Like I don't. It's I'm a people's person to a certain extent. Yeah. So it's like. You like to deal with people on your own terms. Facts. I'm the same way. <laughs> Same person. It's yeah. Just, you got to recharge. Yeah. You got to recharge. Like, it's, it's draining. Facts. It's, it's very draining. So mm -hmm. it's just kind of like when you dealing with all of that, by the time you're ready to sit down and want to do other stuff, I'm tired. I get up at 5 o'clock every morning, 445, 5 o'clock. That's early as hell. Yeah. Like. And I, I still got to be a parent. I still got to be a significant other. Like, I got other, like, other shit I got to do on top of being that go-to person. And then I got a business page. I got an inbox. And then when you don't inbox people, right when they inbox you, it's kind of, yo, now I'm on your page. Oh, I, I inbox you. And I'm like, bro, I promise you it's not personal. Like, I'm going to, I'm, I got so much shit going on. Like, I'm yeah. only one person. I'm cooking like, grits, nigga. Damn. I'm shit. I'm trying. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> now, being a mother, a significant other, and a boss, and you have a not like, do you ever get time to cook, or are you, or is that shit out? Like, I'm not cooking a motherfucking thing. I used to. <laughs> so ain't no motherfucking fried chicken for you, Chris. You ain't getting none of that shit. <laughs> that shit is dead, nigga. <laughs> I used to. But I'd imagine though, man, it's hard. It's definitely hard. But it's like. I know what I want. Facts. And in order to get what I want, I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. It it'll ain't making macaroni and cheese. It, it'll pay off in the long run. Yeah. It, no, it definitely will. It's paying off now. It's 
paying off now. Like your name is crazy. I mean, and, and to have only done three fashion shows, which because you say you did three, right? Mm-hmm. To only have done three fashion shows, and your last one to turn out the way that it did, that shit was crazy. It was super dope. I mean, just the magnitude you did it on the artist that you had performing. You had the hottest nigga out of South Carolina, the South period, performing at your, like, it was just, it was just crazy. Then you had them niggas on the radio. It was just wild. It was dope as fuck. Like, that shit was dope. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of y'all, man. Y'all too, man. Power couple, man. Jay-Z and Beyonce, man. (laughs) Of South Carolina. So, what do you, I know you want to get into manufacturing, designing, and all of that stuff, but what is your end game and your end goal like what are you doing all this for hmm. deepening in the money deepening in taking care of your daughters and you know what i'm saying being a, being able to have the things you probably didn't have i mean well you had a lot as a kid but you know probably it's probably things you wanted growing up that you couldn't have i know you want to take care of your mom your dad and stuff like that but what outside of that are you doing this for what's the bigger purpose of all of this just to be able to set an example it goes back to that leader like, I have so many people around me. Like, when you that glue, it's kind of like, it's, it's deeper than the money. Because sometimes, it don't, it, it's not even, it's a lot of shit I do, and it's no money involved. It's just off of the strength of, I feel like I got a purpose. And my purpose is to share with other people. Mm. So it's just kind of like, it's, some, it's, it's not all about the money. Cause it's 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 a lot of times where it's 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 no money. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm doing it because I see that I it's it's an influence there. I get inboxes all the time like it's and it's always people you don't know. Facts. It's always people you don't know. Like, Facts. You you don't even know what you what you doing for people that you don't even talk to or you never even seen a day in your life. Mm-hmm. So it's like the the end goal is to be able to be that person to be like I did this. But on my journey of doing this, I was able to not only put other people in positions to do stuff, but for them to look up to me and be like, she where she at, but she ain't leave nobody behind. She she wasn't all about self. Like mm-hmm. her, her end goal was to make sure that everybody was in a position to eat. Yeah. It's kind of like that, that figure to be like, okay, well, I, I can go to you. I can come to you. I can ask you a question. Without you looking at me like, nigga, you didn't pay for that. Like, <laughs> why, why, why are you asking me how I did this or how I did that? Yeah. It's never that deep. Right. Because you got to, if you confident in your product and what you got going on, a thousand people can do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it don't even matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cream always rises to the top. And back to what you were saying about, you know, people who don't know you being inspired by you. Like, you know, the inspiration behind my podcast is a podcaster named um, Combat Jack. He's dead. He died like three years ago. <clears throat> but if it wasn't for him, none of these podcasters would be where they are. Joe Button, Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, like none of those people. Because he started the Loudspeakers Network off of one podcast. I never met this man a day in my life. But if I never listened to his show in 2015, I would have never started a podcast. And I don't think a lot of people would have because Charlemagne got his podcast deal from him. Angela Yee Lip Service got her deal from him. Tech Stone, Star Brim, like all of those people, they have podcasts under his network. And this one man started something that inspired millions of people. And That's he literally point. brought the genre up from here to here. Now, That's Joe Button is the number one podcast on Spotify. 
and that's the goal. Yeah. For me, that's the goal. Yeah. Like, and I can see you doing that. Say like, I did it. Like, you can do it. You already doing it. You inspiring people, man. I feel like I gotta get on my shit, man. For real. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, this shit. <laughs> like, damn. I gotta get on my shit. If you're not motivated watching this interview, man, you need to go back to sleep. Try again tomorrow and turn this shit back on, man. For real. But um, what's next for you though? Um, wasn't it like the immediate next other than your fashion show that you got you got the finale I don't think it's gonna be a finale cause you know what I'm saying like this shit is gonna be big major you're gonna be renting out bigger even bigger venues and shit like that <laughs> having bigger artists and shit like that perform so it might not be the finale man you never know but other than that like what's next for you in the immediate future I got a kids fashion show first okay Um, doing fashion week I was working with kids okay I loved it so, I mean, I was like, damn, well, let's do a kid's fashion show before I hop out with mine. So, that's that's already booked. That's June 7, 2020. Okay. Um, That's what's going to be next. And then then the fashion show. But June 7th is the kid's fashion show. Um, It's going to be at the JW, um, the Gwen Center. And um, we start in at ages 4 to 16. And we're going to have vendors, um, designers, um, like kid models and all like just so they can have fun. Like, yeah. That's what's next. Yeah, them niggas can pop shit. apple juice bottles and shit like yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> pop hugs and shit, you know? <laughs> have some bottle that's service for the little niggas. <laughs> yeah, that shit would be dope, though, man. That's what's up. So, you know, for all of the people out there, you know, that want to get in touch with you, that want to check out your stuff, that want to buy tickets to your events and shit like that, like, where can they find you at? Um, Right now, I'm maneuvering where I'm cleaning up instagram okay and um redoing website but they're both still up and running so the instagram is at shop byou the facebook is boss your life up clothing llc and majority of the time everything is on my personal page which is myasia johnson um m-y-a-z-i-a last name johnson um Nine times out of ten, it's not going to be hard to figure out what I got going on and what's coming up next because I use my social media platform, even my personal page, as my promoting. Mm-hmm. I, I promote all day, all day. Facts. From the time I get up to the time I go to sleep. So it's, it shouldn't be hard to figure out what's going on. Yeah. It's, it's all in. Yeah. And I'm y'all, big on that too. Like, yeah. I feel like as an entrepreneur, I shouldn't have to scroll more than ten seconds to figure out what it is that you do. Word. Like that, like I feel like sitting in a room with people who are already where I want to be and listening to conversation, social media can kind of like make or break you. You know how some people be like, nah, it ain't that deep. It's my page. Like, it's that deep. Because even in the job world, you, I, I work in an office, but some people don't even get a job because of what you post on social media. Mm-hmm. And then you got some people who won't shop with you or who won't sit in your chair because of how you carry yourself on social media. So, that goes back to what you said about, you know, like, advice to give. Make sure it's strictly about business. Mm. It's okay to have personal things that, you know, you like to do, but that's what you got a group message for. Mm-hmm. For face-to-face conversation. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you know, aside from your brand, you are a business, too, when you have a business. You know, your namesake, your um, reputation, all of that stuff matter. Your face card. 
Yeah, definitely. Cause I mean, you can have the most fire clothes, but if you got a reputation for being shysty, who the hell gonna buy them? Nobody. They gonna think you gonna run off with the sack. <laughs> you ain't never gonna send the clothes. Mm-mm. You know. <laughs> right, right. So, are you thinking about mentoring people? Of course. So is that coming next, or is there, are you gonna wait till you get more, you know, more paper, get more? Um, businesses you know sell more sweatsuits quit your job shit like that <laughs> until you a little bit more time yeah Nah, like i mean i do it sometimes now i just okay. don't speak on you know i'm the type of person if i do it and it's from the heart you don't got to be spoke on that's lit so i do that now on the low i just don't you know yeah but i make i make time <coughs> if i have a lot of people who reach out for yeah. mentors and i respond yeah that's real. Yeah. And, and you're not one of those people who, you know, post on social media like, oh, this is my new mentee. You know no. how people be doing them long spills and shit. I was commenced by such and such to, it drove me to want to reach out and, you know, be a big help to this person and all yeah. that lame ass shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. It's definitely happening. It's just not being posted. Yeah. So. It's from the heart. Yeah. So if anybody sees this and be like i want to reach out to her that's confidential you ain't got to worry about you know Mm-mm. yeah y'all reach out to her man just don't be on no bullshit please <laughs> please don't be on no bullshit some weird motherfuckers follow me because <laughs> most of my shit i post on instagram so you know anybody can reach out to you on instagram from the explore mm-hmm. page all type of shit like when i did the series you know a little sidebar i did the series right so I interviewed a scammer. I posted the shit the first day that it came out. And this nigga DM me. He was like, yo, um, I'm trying to figure out who the first person was that you interviewed for your series. I'm like, why? He was like, because I want to know if you or him know how to scam. I was like, who are you, bro? Like, he was the most, he was like a football coach. Like, he was the most random nigga in the world, man. So, random, man, it'd be weird as fuck, man. So, when y'all hit her up, don't be on no, please, please, man. Don't be on no bullshit. I can read in between that. Sometimes, if I feel like, in the heart, in my heart of heart, I feel like I got to give a gap. It's a lot of shit I call before it happened. Mm. And everybody around me know that. Like, I got like eight solid people that I keep around me other than my family. Mm-hmm. And I can read in between shit before it comes. Or I can look at something and be like, nah. And so I won't reply. And then that's when you get the backlash. Like, oh, she Hollywood. Nah, I just... I don't have to have a conversation with you to know what it is that you're coming for. Yeah, you ain't Hollywood, you Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of like, you know... I'm gonna know. I'm gonna know. Yeah. I'm gonna know. Yeah, you're gonna know. Def- you're definitely gonna know. Yeah, you got a keen sense about. of discernment. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll tap into that later. I'm ready for that right now. What? To tap into that discernment. Discernment? I mean, you gotta have discernment. We all do. You know what I'm saying? We all gotta have that to get through life. That's where your fight or flight come from. Stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But I appreciate you coming on the show. Always. It was definitely a dope conversation. I learned a lot about you. I feel like my listeners did too. I feel like women out there would be inspired by what you do. You know, you're the third. Well, 
I wouldn't count her as a female guest because that was like some other shit because it wasn't really inspirational. She was a sex worker. No disrespect, but you know what I'm saying? But you're the third female I had on my show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I feel like this would be a dope, inspiring conversation because, you know, I want to have strong... Because, I mean, women get ostracized a lot in the media, social media and stuff like that, especially black women. So I want to give black women a platform to really like... Um, express themselves and like talk about their businesses and, and, and have other women get inspired. Like my big sister, she just started a nonprofit. So any female I have on my show, like she's listening, she's watching, she's tuning in. Any entrepreneur, she's tuning in, listening to I thought to about her. doing that too. I honestly, one of the things that I did want to do was open up a shelter. You know how like in New York, they have like shelters or little like group, not I won't say group home, but like, a center. Mm-hmm. We got centers in New York. Mm-hmm. There's no centers down here. No. Nah. So it's just kind of like, where do the kids go other than in the hood? You know, to play. But then we trying to tell them, like, it's more to life than the hood. But we're not giving them the opportunity mm-hmm. to have somewhere to go. Yeah. So eventually, that's my next, you know, move. I don't know when. But yeah. that's something that, you know, I, I really want to do. Like, I, I want to open that here. I feel like that's what we lacking. Like, we need that. Yeah, something like a um a community center. We need that. Not just where kids can hang out, but maybe where they can learn, learn, learn yeah. skills and stuff like that. Absolutely. I feel like Columbia definitely needs that. Yeah, we do. Definitely do, man. You know, niggas had Greenview Park back in the day. And that shit is nice now. You know, they got a dope pool. I mean, you know, you might find some shit in the pool, but it's a dope-ass <laughs> pool, you know what I'm saying? Where kids can go there and they feel safe. Like, when I was growing up, I did not feel safe going there. I used to be scared as hell. You know what I'm saying? So, we definitely need that around here. I just don't think we have the funds to in South Carolina. Yeah, so that's where it's important to, when you get out, don't forget where you came from. Mm-hmm. So, when I get out, I'm not going to say if. When I get out and I touch what I need to touch, oh, it's most definitely going to happen. I'm forgetting about you niggas. I'm telling you. you niggas, I'm forgetting about all you motherfuckers. I'm coming back. I'm not coming back. I'm coming back to goddamn. I'm coming back. <laughs> I'm riding through. I'm just riding through. Like, those motherfuckers. <laughs> but nah, man. Thank you for coming on the show, though. For real, for real. I really enjoyed this. My listeners did, too. Y'all check out Boss Your Life Up Clothing. Buy tickets to the next fashion show. Um... I mean, shit, hit her up if you want to, if you want her to become your mentor, um, and just, or just watch her page, man, she got a lot of dope shit coming, if you're not in South Carolina and you can't get in tune with the events, you're a loser, and you should definitely just buy her clothes or some shit like that or watch from the sideline, Muddy Waters, we out.